0: So, that I will keep my word, I propose this, if you agree then, because finally, maybe, just maybe, although it's against my nature, it's time for me to keep my word, you know. What if then we do this? There were a couple of, okay, first there are uh, the two traitors here, no? Uh, but and then one or two others who also told me. So why don't we do it like this? You start, then maybe if anyone of you also has anything, which is not totally stupid to say, you say it, and then we debate. And don't be afraid. If we, if the debate will, uh, what to put it, start to run how to call it Leerlauf in German, you know, running empty, meaningless. I have stuff to start talking about, non-Buddhist stuff, something about politics. So is this generally acceptable for you? Okay, what can on the other hand now it'll be so evil. Fuck you, what can you do? (laughs) I mean So it will be, no you can protest. It will not help. Okay, I'm sorry. Please now I will tell the two of you something which will Appear a cynicism uh, compared to how I talked too much and violated all the rules, but I'm ashamed to say this. But can you keep it to ten minutes each maximum? Oh, less.
1: Yeah, 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 less. yeah Okay, I'm
0: just you know, I'm afraid because, like, you know, like it's like Hitler meeting someone and telling how could you treat the Jewish boy in such a bad way. <laughs> I feel like that. You know what I mean? No. Okay, sorry. Please. So we'll talk and then. You it, it or, or maybe if any one of you yes. has some yes. idea to say some wise thing, you know, or even now I'll be evil racist, anti orientalist, to do some Buddhist bullshit, you know, like those Zen paradoxes, clap with one hand or
2: whatever. You <laughs> can also do that. I'm spending time, sorry, losing time, please. Okay. And you can you you can also interrupt me. It, I I kinda like the Okay, interrupt
0: you now. Stop. I No, I'm the one. no sorry, sorry. Sorry, let's go, please. Don't don't provoke me. You are You're talking right. to a madman. Always very <laughs> okay.
2: okay. The on- the ontology of the event that you say is missing in bad you. That's Did funny.
0: I say this? Sorry, I'm serious. Yes no. you did. Yeah.
2: In your big book
0: on eight
2: oh six. I, mean, uh, I what know he, what I meant. What I mean. is missing in Badu is an ontology of the event. Quote.
0: Shit. What are you? Well, from what country? are you? <laughs> yes. Are you are you the daughter of some lo- local policeman? <laughs> 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 pursuing terrorists, terrorists, or whatever. No, I'm sorry. I think I know what you mean. I'm very sorry. Okay. I will well, stop no, okay. Okay. let's go on.
2: Okay. Um, but what is at stake? For me, concerns um, subtraction as um, yeah. thinking subtraction as the unit, the, yeah. the unity of being and appearing, or, or you could say, the unicity of. The gap between being and appearing, that being subtraction, and that also being existence, what is called
0: existence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: At stake is that subtraction as the support for a subject, or as you said, subjective destitution. So,
0: let me. I'm just interrupting you just to make it clearer. Where do you see then in the gap between appearance and being the subject? What is sub- subtracted from what?
2: Mm. You said this. <laughs>
0: No, I mean. <laughs> okay, no, I just, I just
2: said subtraction, thinking subtraction as the material support, like what ba- when, when Badu, I'm yeah, going to get okay, into okay, okay. but subtraction yeah, just yeah. as the support of a subject. And right now, I mean, just within dialectical materialism, it seems that the support of subjectivity seems to be contradicting existing subjectivity. That's why I'm focusing on you and how subtraction can be the support of a subject that exists. So existing yeah. subject and subtraction. Now, I think, I wanted to point out, I think there's an ambiguity um, concerning two senses of being that are said. Uh, in but you or in Macan, in Macan, in you as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's we have uh, <clears throat> the being separate from appearing, the unicity the of that being existence. But then there's also being qua being and appearing. Yeah. But then you also have existence, um, Excuse me. Then you also have Lacan. The there's the other order being qua having. So there's being qua being separate from appearing. Mm-hmm. But then there's being qua having.
0: What having or to having? Qua having. Uh, really? Because, because sorry. Being I,
2: as having. Uh, whether do
0: you find this in Lacan's work? Because what I uh, remember only is you know when he speaks. This is his early theory of sexual difference. He says be. the when man has it, finished. The woman is. I. I you can um, it. Well,
2: it's in it's in the uh, it's on it's in the chapter it's on uh, Freud the f- f- uh, Fernainum. I think it's yes, yes, the i to
0: again. There, yeah, 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 I yeah.
2: believe that's where it is. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, if there's not an ambiguity, well, let me okay, let me just go on the ambiguity towards being mm-hmm. the being still separate from caring, and then being while having as separate from existence, and I, I think that's the root really of existence being separate mm-hmm. from a subject. Because I thought the order of subjectivity too was of the order of the being qua having, having phallus, holder of phallus, being qua having subject. Um, And it's actually that second gap, the gap between being in existence or being in subject, that I think is best where the term suture comes in, but I didn't really want to go into suture. Um, But I think what is sort of perpetuating that ambiguity, and this is, I guess, the ambiguity of subject being in existence, um,
0: is... Uh, sorry, how do you understand existence? In Badiou's sense, existence as transcendental phenomenal existence. Existence is something which is in the world. Because if I got it correctly Existence
2: is, uh, as there is.
0: Yeah, but but that's what I mean. Isn't this I'm sorry to travel, but just yeah. have to yeah. clarify. No, I, I think that for Badiou isn't existence as opposed to being something which is always existence within a world within a certain local transcendental co- am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. N- yeah.
2: No. I, I just wanted to avoid using the term world because I I think honestly, just to be quite honest, I think world is probably one of the most I think unclear words in Bad because when he uses world, I think precisely he could use the word subject, but he doesn't. I think that that's a long uh, that's a part of my dissertation. No let's, okay. okay, let's okay, button okay, okay. so we're talking about existence and being a subject. Yeah. Now, uh, w- what's going on in you um, I that I think. Know, is I do
0: sorry. 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 <laughs> Just pure even. Yeah. Okay.
2: The problem of the strategy of m- making. Um, what is the appearance of object A? That is so. And we were talking about the asymmetry between the subject without object in Badu and the subject supported yeah. on object A. Yeah. The, that order of appearance is like appearance equal to existence. But what you have there is the appearance of object A. Isn't that not appearance itself? You say appearance itself a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I well, I'm just. I just. That. I that I is. Um, oh, and what does that mean? Then I think this is precisely where strategically you're kind of aligning with uh, Badu's concept of inexistence.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so so uh, so again here we still have the subject appearance itself being equal to in existence uh, problem no subject exists still the subject does not exist yeah. and I guess I now I was thinking that, that might actually be the consequence of an ontology of the event of being of the subject because you still have these two orders of being that is really on top of separating a subject from existence
3: yeah.
2: um, now in Badiou, and I'm, I mean, this is mostly from, like, the first and second manifesto of philosophy, yes. but there's kind of a similar strategy, like, there's the two orders of being in Lacan, and then there's kind of, you know how bad you, in the, in the, in the, especially in the first manifesto, there's the same sort of strategy, I think, at work, but it comes in the two orders of void, the void of being that must be kept separate from the void of truth. And you know, don't suture philosophy to one of his conditions. But we're getting to a point of ambiguity in bad, in bad, and you can stop me in 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 badu. And it really does precisely concern suturing Mm. philosophy to. And this is what Alainka talks about: uh, the privileged status of love. So there's, I think, that there is kind of an ambiguity in badu with respect to what being qua being is. Being qua being as generic multiplicity. But when he does kind of privilege the status of love. Uh, there is a bit of a being qua being as uh, an imminent two. And I think um, already imminent two thought as efficacy. I would just use interchangeably with with subtraction as well. Um, okay, uh, I'm starting to go off now. No. But so, okay, so no, I just wanted to bring that up. Strategically, the two orders of void is kind of paralleling with the two orders of being in the time. Now, there's also the ambiguity concerning the uh, sense of one. The one there's the one of the count is one but then there's the one of the one is not do you th- actually do you understand those as two different senses of one and this is to yes.
0: yes so
2: good you're with me then there's still two orders of one going on here that are still legitimately thought as one um, and um, yeah that's that's what Alenka also talks about in the fifth the, the, the fifth condition yeah, she, yeah. Um, and and uh, what's at stake, is that as a status of, of state and representation for Badiou, blah, 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 we have to go there.
0: Um. Incidentally, her text, I think it's maybe better than mine, even I steal from her, from her this fifth condition, no? That's a great this, one. Yeah, It's a great one, yes. This is, I think, one of the hardest-hitting, really good mm-hmm. uh, criticism of Badiou. The whole point about how, i will uh, immediately give you the words how although Badiou violently opposes anti-philosophy. But to cut a long story short, Alenka's thesis is that the opposition to which but you nonetheless all the time relies between presence and representation, you know, this typically, and this is typical anti-philosophical opposition, that we have an order of Presence, and I'm not playing here, Derrida, but in a simple Mm -hmm. sense of real productive process, and there, this is the scene of representation which never can, and so on. I think we should drop this. I am okay, sorry, go on. Oh,
2: okay. Um, yeah, and actually, you know, Elenka said, I don't know if she said this in that article or the book, but even she said that she is abandoning, like, she takes the imminent to, um, as. Uh, being qua being, she's no long, She said she doesn't really uphold being as generic multiplicity anymore. But I don't no,
0: know if that's no, significant. That's crucial. Yeah, that's crucial, right? We, we. By we, I mean here. I don't want to appropriate her. She's often leading the way. But when I say we, I mean the troika, the three: Slovenka, Ye, gang, yeah. yeah. Alenka, and me. This is our party line now. You are yes. so you're
2: with Alenka there, not being qua being as generic multiplicity, Absolutely. but.
0: I, I even say this, okay. I don't know where, oh, somewhere. I mean, I say all the possible books <laughs> in the big, fat books, so it must okay. be somewhere. Do you think,
2: too, that even in Badu, though, he, being no. Qua, being as generic multiplicity, isn't really holding up, especially when he starts talking about events.
0: No, I think he's inconsistent there.
2: Okay. Well, that's, that's it, or No, that's good I- No, let me go a little bit yeah, further. Yeah. Bit. That actually is a good answer, but I do want to hear you yeah, yeah. talk more about this. But what I, the other thing I want to bring in um, in Badu, the second manifesto, which I think this is really a, such a wonderful concept, and this is again, it's the you know, in, it, it's the status of inexistence, and inexistence is the necessity of an event, is what he says. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now,
2: this is great. Okay. In, oh, and you quoted this in your book, and I've mentioned it once, but you didn't actually quote this part. Badu talks about the unicity of the inexistence. And you I saw where you quoted the paragraph where Bad view quotes that and you left that little bit out of your quote. Um, but okay, but why that's so why that the unicity of the in, in existence is so significant is because that allows us to think being qua the generic as a body. So bad view is no really with in existence. And then at, uh, yeah, and at the end of Second Manifesto is when he brings in the term some sub- subjectivizable body, which he does talk about in of the of World, but it gets home. What well, I don't know. But the subjectivizable body in Bad News, right? Subjectivizable body. body yeah, 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 yeah. And it's still again it's concerning in existence, but in existence thought as. A-body, or yeah. the generic A-body yeah. like I just said. And uh, did you, and, uh, uh, huh. and you, the also, at the end of the second manifesto, where this is all building, up, and I think where I'm kind of going with this is that it's, uh, there, you said there is no ontology of the event in you but blah 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 you might not have meant that. There could be an ontology of the event, but you said that's where Badu is obscure, so we're brain. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, also, at the end of the second manifesto, the true question the true question for Badu becomes the this and that, and it's no longer why something, than nothing, as it is for you. And that concerns more of saying it, it, it's, it's this and that said of existence rather than a this and that said of ones in appearance or ones in objects. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm just bringing that up more because I want to hear what you have to say about that being the crucial, no longer the crucial, crucial question being separation, being an appearing or why something and nothing, but, the this and that, and you remember that was also Deleuze's ontological question. Deleuze always said the true problem was the this and that distinction, and it wasn't a this and that exclusively within appearance, but it was a this and that said of existence, so already accounting for the yeah, separation yeah, between yeah, being
0: and appearance. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure.
2: um, well, I think I already. <laughs> I think I <you're> already. <laughs> I think I already got to it. I wanted you to, to hear you just talk more about those ambiguities I talked about. Okay, The two beings, okay. the two ones. Can we
0: do it? I'm sorry, please. No, not no, no I don't
2: need to, to repeat myself. No, minutes.
0: no, what I wa- could, Would you nonetheless then allow me, I promise, promise, on my mother's grave, I will be short. Uh, the number two, uh, uh, I'm simply getting old and senile, and if others talk, I will forget. I hope I will. So can I briefly reply to you? Okay. and then, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm okay, I mean, Fuck it, this is a nice, difficult question, which means another three hours to fully answer. So I just will try to give, in a very short way, some coordinates, just to, how do you pull it? uh, I cannot resist obscenity. Just what they say in vulgar terms, you urinate a circle to mark your terrain. (laughs) You know, to to where I stand. Uh, First, uh, I want to return to that coffee, you know, some of this, coffee, the joke, quoted. this is how Alenka, in her last text against Badiou, she now published a wonderful book called uh, The Sexual ontology unfortunately only in Slovene, she now is yeah. translating it in England, where there is a whole chapter of the most ferocious anti-Badiou oh. critique, and her point is, I simplify it very much, remember the joke, no i don't want coffee without i cannot bring you coffee without cream i can only bring you coffee without milk. so what is it without and now i will simplify very much for but you as he emphasizes one comes secondary one is an operation one is the effect of counting why multiplicity is to put it primitively there out of the from the very beginning, always already, multiplicity and uh, void and so on, all that. For Alenka and me, uh, the multiplicity, of course, there is no original one, but this absence is inscribed into multiplicity from the very beginning. Multiplicity is always, is, you got it, is multiplicity without one. (laughs) But this doesn't mean simple externality, like we are multiple, fuck the one. It means the one as absence is already here. The one as failed, as impossible, and so on, and so on. In other words, I think she is here more Lacanian, that even ontologically, to be very naive, the zero level is about one. There is no one; an absolute contradiction in Hegelian terms. And there is multiplicity because one cannot be one. That's her position, also. Now, we, me and Bladen, brain- brainwashed her from her Kantian, uh, uh, Kantian, uh, uh, Kantian revisionism. The VN. So, uh, let me give you—you know—which example I like here. Uh, I often quote it in my books, but it fits it. Uh, uh, how? You know, we even, uh, refer, you know, Freud says somewhere, and this is Freudian, just a tiny remark, that uh, multiplicity in dreams is always a sign of castration. Like, if you dream many fallacies, it means you don't have one, you know. And uh, uh, in this sense, multiplicity, present multiplicity, is always a mark of the block sabotaged impossibility of the one. For example, the exact- <coughs> this is, for example. for although here it's not the one, but the second. You know, I, I'm sorry for repeating uh, uh, when Lacan claims that ur verdrängung, primordial repression, is the repression of the binary signifier. It, this is absolutely crucial for Lacan because this is why Lacan's, and, I will have to Lacan's theory of sexual difference has nothing to do with any of this yin yang cosmic principle bullshit. Precisely, the idea is there is only one signifier, male. But this doesn't make women more, but less. Or rather, th- why? Uh, the, the example I use in, is this one, very ironic one, maybe you know it. Uh, you know, Again, I don't like Woody Allen, but there is an early movie by him, I think it's a parody of Love and War, of Tolstoy's War and Peace, where, you know, the movie is a parody of Tolstoy. So, of course, if you know Russian literature, the eternal couple, like Yin and Yang, is Tolstoy and Dostoevsky. no? Dostoevsky is missing. But you know that there is a scene in the film, a wonderful one, where it is as if this absence of the name Dostoevsky returns in an exploding plurality and it's a wonderful joke. This is Woody Allen's quest, where the two, two guys talk and in one conversation bring in all the Dostoevsky titles. You know, did you meet that idiot? Ah, you mean that one of the brothers, Karamazov, Yes, the one who wasn't punished for, for his crime and then went underground and so on. You know, like this idea that too much, and again, we are tempted to insist on this primacy of the bad one, of the impossible one. That there is no, that the one is, as it were, uh, and there we get really Hegelian. Here, Alenka has wonderful words, that there are ones, of course, but the existing ones are an echo of their own impossibility, as it were. That, why, okay, in a certain, or I'll put it in this way, and uh, in a certain way, Alain Israel, right. What there is, is always originally multiplicity. But, why do we then start to count to one? Precisely because in multiplicity is already marked, as it were, from the beginning by the lack or impossibility of the one. And, uh, okay, I will be... Please, yeah, no, just uh, two things more to go, then you uh, strike back. This also, uh, uh, what I meant, if I remember it correctly, with in value there is not an ontology of the event, well. I know how stupid this sounds, obviously. There is not an ontology of events, but there are over 1,000 pages on... Okay. What I meant is this one, that uh, when he announced, if I remember it correctly, he, but you, the program for his Logics of the Worlds, his point was that uh, in previous book, he didn't, in uh, uh, Being and Event, he didn't really account for how a world emerges out of being, and so on. I claim that in this book, he also doesn't do it. That is to say, he says there is multiplicity in logics of the world, and then, I don't know from where, all of a sudden, there are worlds. Now, although, but you probably would have rejected this as a question, but what I always am asking him is, why does being qua being, this pre-representative multiplicity, why does it organize itself into worlds? Worlds are, in a way, he accepts this, worlds which appear. Worlds are modes of transcendental appearance. That's why he uses explicitly the term transcendental, like, each of the worlds is characterized by its transcendental a priori, which decides what... And uh, I claim that this, let's call it Alenka solution, that, that already the multiplicity from the very beginning is the multiplicity because the one is impossible,
3: that this is the answer to why multiplicity,
0: precisely to fill in this gap, has to appear to itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, all I try to be here Hegelian, in both sense. As everybody knows, who understands Hegel, Hegel is a genius, why? Because for Hegel, the problem is not this boring Kantian problem, we live in appearances, but can we reach the thing in itself, the real? For Hegel, the problem is, I think already information from this here, exactly the opposite one. The true enigma is, okay, there is being multiplicity out there, but why does being start to appear to itself? The true, so the true, or even at a more naive level, the true enigma is not how to see what's the reality behind appearance, but why does the real begin to appear to itself, let me go on here.
2: Can I just really quickly?
0: Yeah.
2: How is barred one? Isn't that, just, I mean, the one is aligning perfectly with the word subject, so you're still, I'm Wait. still after a, uh, yeah. a subject that exists, but barred one, we still barred subject. It. Let's go
0: okay. to this existence. That's Let's the next see. thing I want to I want like to say so there is a subject, yeah, yeah. but there is So there's let no me one. go through the other problem, another problem that I have with you. Uh, OK, I know first, let me be honest, I know that he tries to answer the question why world through some meditations on inconsistent multiplicity and so on and so on. That every but it gets okay. Second thing with Badieu, apropos world. And here we have a true fight. We stand each of us on our own position. I remain old fashioned transcendentalist and he is for me too much of a dialectical materialist there namely the status of a world. I it's very simple my position here. <coughs> I I think already even mentioned this here. I claim that the, the determinations he uses, not only transcendental, but when he mentions a propos world uh, uh, Le Point, the point as that minimum of yes no and so on. I claim that all the coordinates are already the coordinates of a subjective, of a universe of, of, let's call it naively, symbolic universe with subjectivity included. That is to say, I claim that to be very vulgar and brutal. There is no world outside language and subject. I claim that if you read, but you closely, he uses terms like, point, you know the point, this minimal decision. All the bullshit, then you have to say yes, no, or whatever. This is typical signifying cooperation. You don't find... And he absolutely fanatically insists, maybe he's right, I'm just trying honestly to present, that uh, world is, as he ironically put it, just to annoy me once, is a category of what Engels would have called dialectics in nature. That if you look at nature, animals, even rocks, uh, 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 a group of stars, whatever, all this can be a world. I have doubts about this. I doubt if this is a legitimate uh, move. But let me go on. Go on. The problem of uh, uh, the problem of uh, of appearance and so on. I don't know if I got you correctly there being an appearance, but more Lacan than, ba- than Badiou now, no? They, uh, first, with Lacan, as I already mentioned, when you talk about inexistence. maybe I'm wrong, but the way I read in-existence, I don't see any mystery there in Badiou. Isn't the inexisting moment, precisely like proletarian within the social edifice, the moment of presence within a certain world, but presence which isn't covered by some transcendental existence which just, which doesn't have its proper place. It is included in, but doesn't in the terms of the transcendental field which defines a world, it doesn't have a place in this sense, it doesn't exist. Now, I don't know how much, how far Badiou goes here, but for Lacan, is here almost a Hegelian, you know. Existence is absolutely not the same, as you know, as being. Mm-hmm. Uh, existence is, for a if I got it correctly, as I already said before, brutally <laughs> interrupting you, existence is, I think, <laughs> a transcendental determination, like for Kant. Things exist within a certain world. For example, we are in social-political world, you exist, and you exist with more and more intensity, the more you are recognized as within this transcendental space, as a member of society, or or whatever. So again, uh, even Hegel has this distinction in a very nice way, When, if you look at Hegel's logic, and Alain is aware of this, he is bothered by this, now I told him, he liked this reference, that in Hegel, existence is a category of essence. Existence is being which is the appearance of some essence. So for existence, you already have to have an essence. What doesn't have an essence is, but doesn't exist. And now we come to Lacan. This is why, for Lacan, neither the subject exists nor the woman. And you should be very careful here. Lacan does not say, and Lacan knows what he's talking about, at least here, uh, 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 Il n'y a pas de femme. There are no women. No, there are. Il y a de femmes, But la femme n'existe pas. A woman doesn't exist. A Bruce Fink drew... Nicely attention in How one should strictly distinguish these two negations in Lacan. His il n'y a pas, which is much more radical than il n'existe pas. Lacan says il n'y a pas de grand autre, there is no big other. He doesn't only say the big other doesn't exist. The big other is in existence. This is already in transcendental space, and so on and so on. So again, uh, uh, so again, what I claim is that. So again, maybe I mean without any irony or whatever. I'm too tired to do that. Maybe I didn't get close to your luggage because this unique point of inexistence, blah blah blah. Is this not simply what but you calls sometimes the symptomal point the... the the surnumerary point, Mm -hmm. the point which, in in a way, I think we should use here nicely Lacanian, uh, the Lacanian distinction between existence and insistence. Lacan's names for non-existence is, what doesn't exist, insists. This is why Lacan can say, drive doesn't exist. But the very definition of the drive is that it insists. And again, in this precise sense, For Lacombe, subject doesn't exist. It just leaves traces in existence, and so on, and so on. As to what you said about being, having appearance, and so on. Now, I will give you a very quick answer. Maybe I'm wrong, or whatever, but I'm tempted to say that subject is, you know, Lacan and Miller develops here something very nice. He draws a nice distinction, which I don't take care of enough, a little bit of self-criticism, between, in strict Lacanian sense, appearance and phenomenon. And it's a very nice, almost categorical point where Miller says, uh, the distinction is that appearance is an appearance of something. You know, you look behind, what is appearing? A phenomenon is an appearance behind which there is nothing. You know, this is the beautiful Lacanian distinction between appearance of something and an appearance which just fills in the lack, which precisely the point is that there is nothing behind. You know all the examples, this eternal joke of Lacan that I refer to even more eternally, repetitively, Zeuxis Parasius, you know, those two Greek painters and like, you know, who will, who will do a more realist painting, and the winner paints a curtain, and why does he win? Because the other guy comes and says, okay, now uh, pull apart the curtain to see what you painted. But nothing, you know, it's just... You know, like, uh, appearance is something which... Uh, sorry, phenomenon is something which, as it were, evokes or raises the desire for something behind, but there is nothing behind. It's an appearance in an abyss. And I would say that I would locate somewhere here the status of subject. Subject is for me an appearance, no substance. Here... Those who criticize brain scientists who said, oh, but you, I look into your brain, I find no subject. Of course not, idiot. There is no subject there. Subject is a ve- an effect of appearance. But nonetheless, this doesn't mean that subject is just an appearance of some deeper mechanisms and so on and so on. The mystery of the subject, and this is why I like, with my primitive understanding, quantum physics, is that... You have... No, I find a trace of this in a totally different way, of course. It's that... uh, Appearance is not a simple appearance which can be subtracted, like, you know, things appear, let's take away the appearance and we get what things really are. What if there is an appearance which, precisely as appearance, is crucial for the consistency of that which appears? So that you take away the appearance, And you don't get the thing itself. You lose the thing itself. And I think the Cole-Freud turns on this. Maybe, sorry, this is my first answer. Now, give me. imagine me as, you know, in American movies, somebody beats a guy, he lies down, and then I like this. This is maybe a nice example of this short-numerary master signifier. The guy is down, I beat him, but the last gesture is always this, unnecessary last kick into the head, you know, like, <laughs> do this to me now. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you said before about the appearance
3: and then rejecting the thing in itself, is that Kantian? No, because Kant,
0: ah, now we, no, Kant precisely, this is the, okay, I'll put it like this, the, Al- Hegel knows this, the ultimate ambiguity is the ambiguity of Kantian erscheinung Transcendental appearance. It is uh, Kant cannot accept that its appearance against the abyss of nothing. That's the problem with Kantian thinking itself. He still thinks there must be something substantial behind appearance. Weak appearance. The Hegelian step is precisely is precisely uh, no. Uh, Hegel already, in his wonderful conclusion of the first part of phenomenology of spirit consciousness, you know, he says that, uh, of course, appearances are like a curtain and there is, we look for something behind. But behind the curtain of appearances is just, okay, to be more friendly, Hegel makes this Buddhist lesson, you know that, behind appearances is just a void. What we find there is just what we put there. But now comes the catch. Without this you don't get Hegel or nothing. This does not mean that, in the usual sense, every kiss, everything is just an appearance and so on. No, there still is real, it's not relativism. How? Okay, we can talk about it later. But I'm sorry, go on. Last kid to the head and then the green monster, <laughs> sorry. I don't know that I have a last kid. Okay, <laughs> then let's do it like this, I promise you, I'll here, here. Why don't we allow him and then if it comes to you, you can hit me when I will be laying down. Okay, please. Okay, so I want to move a little out of ontology
1: and move into your theory of the act in relation to Baju's event. Okay. Precisely looking at your last chapter, Political Suspension of the Ethical, mm. and the chapter on enthusiasm into the Bajuian event. Ah, just a, sorry interrupting.
0: Do you know that here we had a beautiful act of friendship? I think I do this in chapter on Badiou. You remember how in his theory of subject mm. Badiou it's a wonderful I if you ask me, and Badiou secretly I think knows it. I think his best book is Theory of Subject. And I think mm. that yeah, that the true breakthrough is there and that all these later great works are like trying to catch up to contain <laughs> The monster okay. Do you know how Bruno Bostels drew my attention to that? Uh Bostels, if you think I'm humiliating you, Bruno Bostels being from Belgium, you should hear what I how I'm talking to him. My standard joke is he comes from Belgium. You know that Belgians are well known for two things. Good Chocolates and Pedophilia, but even these two are mediated because they use chocolate to seduce <laughs> Okay, we love each other, in other words. <laughs> and he drew my attention, no, I'm serious now, sorry. To yeah. that, you know how in his wonderful reading of opposition between Aeschylus and Sophocles, yeah, yeah. he opposes mm-hmm. the couple of Sophocles, which is terror and anxiety, yeah and the couple of, to put it naively, Oresteia, yeah. which is courage and justice. And what I told him, and he was very friendly disposed, is that, you know, all other three, that is to say, courage, anxiety, terror are, I wouldn't say psychological, but let's put it more neutrally, subjective attitudes, you know, like, yeah. doesn't justice stick out? And I propose to replace justice with enthusiasm. Yeah. And he tempted he's tempted For Kantian reasons, right? Sorry? For Kantian reasons. Yeah, but no also at a much more commonsensical level, yeah. you know, for reasons of consistency. Yeah. Because the idea is that and I, I find another ambiguity there. he admitted it. What does terror mean here? he oscillates, I claim, between two meanings of terror. First, it's the bad superego terror, in that case of Antigone Sophocles, represented by Creon, brutal state terror, but as but you as a Mao Jacobin like me, knows very well, fuck you, we also need our own terror, you know? Like, there definitely, uh, Alain is aware that there is always a terrorist aspect in subtraction yeah. you no so uh, this is the other weakness i think of those four so i'm sorry yeah. if i yeah, remember yeah, yeah. just that point how so i see me, why me, because yeah. you don't enthusiasm yeah. only now enthusiasm will be he told me the central category of his immanence of truth really yeah okay sorry so, so i think you got, you and Badu you both
1: have a theory of the act, but there are important differences. Yeah. For you, the act is a Hegelian night of the world. It's a, a sort of Antigone-like movement through a process of negation, whereby uh, the, the, there's the new new rules are set vis-a-vis the subject towards the big other and a new libidinal yeah. reinvestment can take place. Now for Bajiu, we see that an act is uh, archaeopolitical as Adrian Johnston says, in the sense that it seeks to actually revolutionize humanity itself. So here, we have a move as a Deleuzean, Nietzschean uh, movement. My precise question is, for a post-evental subjectivity, what's the role of psychoanalysis for Baju? Precisely because the human animal is, you know, death drive is relegated to yeah, the human yeah, animal, yeah. right? So, this links to your debate with Miller in his so-called you know, ironist approach, yeah. which within the current con, you know, coordinates of capitalism, we can actually in, I don't know, encourage the flourishing of idiosyncratic, uh, psychoanalytic, yeah. sort of within singular communities. Whereas your response to Miller <coughs> is precisely that um, we, we need something more radical. There needs to be some sort of... Um, a, a confrontation with the Lacanian gap that is constituted, constitutive of the political as such. And obviously the solution <coughs> is communism. Um, now, my, my point is, if we envision a post-evental subjectivity of communism, are we simply re-inscribing Maler's ironist approach to allowing enjoyment of symptoms in this new space? In that new space, what is the master signifier and precisely... What is the role of master signifier for Baju um, and for uh, you? Yeah, yeah. Okay? Um, shall I continue? Fine, yeah, yes, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I was just putting it no, in. No, no, because, because it seems to me that the the po- the the uh, truth eventual subject for Baju has four primary aspects. Uh, love, politics, joy, yeah. pleasure, etc. This system to me seems as if it is post psychoanalytic just to, to... You mean bad use? Bad use, yes. precisely. And this, I don't know, I wouldn't characterize this as naive, but perhaps it is inclusive, I don't know. Um, okay, so, um, that's my first question, which is on the role Can
0: of... Can I maybe answer yeah. this first yeah. briefly, and then you go on, yeah. just so that I don't lose it. Uh, uh, you know, one crucial point, I even, I think already hinted at it. it is that uh, mm. the way I see it uh, uh, as a really improvised about it, I think uh, the problem of event, not act, is that Badiou himself, for me, seem to struggle about the relationship between event and its nomination. Sometimes, (coughs) he claims, more radically, transcendentally, event, as I already improvised here, you know that nomination is part of the event. That is to say, event becomes event only through its nomination. Yep. But sometimes he adopts this more. I'm almost tempted to say he would have shocked me for this postmodern attitude that the event is some traumatic excess, and then we try to but fail to find the proper name, For example, it's here that he changed position with Marx. I'm very critical of Marx, I follow him here. He claims that a certain communist struggle is going on, but that the Marxian names for it, up to proletarian revolution, are not good names, that's we We didn't nominate the event uh, in a correct way. And this is, in a way, a crucial point. I mean, uh, because on the one hand, of course, he sees this very well, Badiou. There is the danger of this postmodern pseudo Nietzschean, pseudo Nietzschean, bullshit where Nietzsche becomes someone who you know. The real is the event, horror, and then we try to nominate it, but it always fails, blah, blah. On the other hand, it's this Badiou celebrating the master signifier which claims, and here he even, this is, if you want him to hate you, but he's a good friend of mine, so I always told him, the only way to have a real friend is the one on whom you can spit, humiliate him, and he has to, yeah, yeah, he has to take his nicely. Did uh, you notice how it's very interesting from this standpoint? The couple, they're not lovers, no, uh, no, no shitty insinuation of this, but the theoretical couple, how they even co-publish two books, they co-direct a series of Badiou and Barbara Kassel. Mm. It's really almost like sexual difference. Uh, Crucially, it concerns the status of sophism and so on, but even more the master signifier. You know, because, let me put it in this way, the Badiou who is the Badiou of master signifier, is this type of masculine, but you. And he tends to dismiss, his idea is this one. Like, to be very brutal, we once talked. We have the event of Christianity, but Christ himself was nonetheless still a kind of a feminine hysterical guy. He didn't really know what, and uh, the master who provides the name is St. Paul, you know. He provides the master signifier, uh, redemption, Christ died, eternal life, all that. As we all know, he provided the master signifier which created Christianity. And it's interesting, as I already improvised it here, I think, to learn how far Badiou goes here. You know, like in an interview with this, I will never pardon him politically, that he made a book with Elizabeth Rudinesco. No? Uh, he made a book and a long interview with her, where he has a big celebration of the master signifier. I don't know if I read you, I'm so sad. I don't have them here. Uh, it's pretty terrifying what he says there. He says something like that without a master, he almost refers to Kant, you know, that famous definition of Kant, which is a wonderful one. Human being is an animal who needs a master, you know. That uh, human animal without a master remains just a human animal. Mm-hmm. To become a subject, you need a master mm-hmm. to educate you to blah, blah, blah. And he goes very far here. I love him for this. I love madness. He even, here I agree with him, it's wonderful. You know, we have to be but you to dare this. This is meant with a very precise political stake to rehabilitate the Marxist tradition of the so-called cult of personality. Che Guevara, Stalin, Mao. He says, okay, it may be wrong, those, but basically we should accept this. We need precisely a name to become subjects. Neutral theory is not enough. We need a name, a master. Uh, uh, Who, as you said, introduces a new order, blah, blah, blah. Here, I first... uh, you know where is psychoanalysis? I know he oscillates here. Sometimes he somehow links psychoanalysis with love, right? Like yes. that's the place of yeah. psycho. But at the same time, when I ask him this simple, mysterious question, his best example of the evental structure or structure of uh, fidelity called is is religion. Is Saint Paul? So. Where does religion, religion, he puts it clearly, we live in secular era, religion is not event. We cannot take it seriously as an event. He qualifies it, he says, I just use Paul as an example of how the formal event structure was. But how was it possible to happen there? So I think that this category of love is, much more mysterious. What he did like, uh, this, I think, is, I think I have it in my book at the beginning, he loved that, is, when I linked the four German idealists to his four generic domains, you know, and claimed Kant is science, knowledge, you know, Kant defined his endeavor as uh, to to, uh, provide the philosophy which would be at the Newtonian level. What kind of philosophy is compatible with modern Newtonian science. So, Kant would be truth, Kant would be, how how do you call it, uh, philosophy linked to or whatever to the condition of science. Fichte is clearly politics. Fichte's problem was freedom political act. Politics, Schelling is art. I'm not exaggerating because, you know, Schelling is, as far as I know, the only philosopher, I underline this, philosopher, not just artists, who claims the supreme medium of truth is art, who openly claims that philosophy comes second and Hegel is art. And we can say this because the category of life is central and so on and so on. But let me go on. So when you said night of the world and so on, here my difference would have been the following one. here I see uh, the difference. I think, and again, I'm so sad, I will appear brutal exploiting, again referring to Alenka, fuck you, you cannot read it, <laughs> it's only instrument, where she also, she accepts but you claim that event as the real, in its brutality, it's not enough. You need a nomination. You need to nominate the event but she does something that Alain doesn't do it, at least not clearly. She introduces here the distinction, although they are the same, but the function is totally different between master signifier and what Lacan calls S abare, signifier of the bare other. And for Alenka, the event is this naming. When you provide the signifier of the inconsistency of the big other. Mm. When you name properly the antagonism, the real, which defines a certain field, like class struggle (coughs) or whatever. And the idea being that when this turns into a new master signifier, you already de eventalize it, lose it, and so on. This goes to another question that you raised. Like, the furthest, even furthest than but you, here he goes, uh, that young Italian, good friend of mine also, Lacanian, Lorenzo Chiesa, who says, fuck it, there will always be master signifier, obscene, superego, fantasy, we cannot. Okay, but I have a problem with this. I claim that what Badiou calls the communist hypothesis, my God, it must be a hypothesis that discourse of the master, the link to a master, is not the ultimate social link. That there is a possibility of being together collectively, which is not, as it were, sustained by a master. I think if we drop this, then we are back to Miller. You know, ultimately, we have to accept the master, all we can do is just take it as a game, not seriously. So, again, to be very precise, uh, my solution would be that let's say you have you know what let let me put it clearly let's say it's a very naive example but let's say a political system is in a crisis no and uh, uh, if we take this crisis in a pre eventual way it means we describe it as you know the system phase blah 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 but the crucial point is when you make this, almost attempted to say Hegelian Marxist term, and you say, no, these failures, crises, are not simply failures of the system. system. In these failures, the truth of the system appears. You know, this is what people don't notice it often, Freud and Marx share. For Marx, crises are not some malfunctioning of capitalism. In crisis the basic antagonism of capitalism becomes visible. They are necessary. The same for Freud. Symptoms are not some local malfunctionings. No, symptoms are the truth of normality. And so, again, to provide the name for this necessity, why, why failures are structurally necessary, because, as it were, the big other itself is failed. This would be, for me, an act of political domination when politics is based on this... And here I had a big conflict with Ernesto Laclau, because the problem I find, and he himself, I quote him in the Big Triple Orgy book, Me Laclau and uh, Judy Butler, uh, namely Ernesto Laclau uh, is for, as we all know, populism as the new name that we should use, blah, blah, but he himself, quotes, I think the example is from some populisms like British Chartists and Peronism, and I deeply agree with him, but to me it seems that he simply doesn't draw the consequences for me that uh, populist politics is always the politics of failure. Like, things are basically okay, but some bad guys, Jews, traitors, foreigners, intruded and screwed it up. And he himself gives wonderful examples of, for example, the Chartists in England. This was their limitation. They claimed that the corrupted noblemen and new capitalists destroyed, corrupted the old order. You know that in other words, the crack, the failure, is not in the order of such. It's an accidental corruption. So what is to do is to re-establish the proper order. No, and for me, again, the event is to find a name, like one of the names which have been, I don't know, social antagonism, class struggle, conflict, which clearly locates the obstacle, the cost of failure into the order itself. And this is the same uh, argument you have
1: against the Foucauldian, again, then, uh, resistance to dispositif versus... Uh, I guess yours would be a more like a uh, a radical, like, that's actually a question I have from that last chapter, which is this positioning that you have towards the, I guess you could say, what uh, Bajun calls the third generation Foucauldians that are simply seeking to operate within, you
0: know, local sites of resistance to... Yeah, but would you agree or not? Now we can talk also, you know, I always worry that we are the three madmen here, you know, and that you are not interested... Uh, if you know a little bit about Michel Foucault and no irony in what I said very sincere now probably many of you at least you know better uh, Foucault than me I always thought that there is a big shift from history of sexuality volume one and volumes two yeah. three and the this tension is there. Already, even in his early works on madness, it was very well described by Derrida, although I'm not dismissing Foucault. Nonetheless, the defense of his reading of Descartes is wonderfully done, but nonetheless. Namely, you know, the oscillation that you find in early Foucault, histoire de la folie, and so on, is that, on the one hand, he says, I want to describe, he openly has this pathetics. Derrida quotes this uh, vastly. That till now, uh, madness was described only from the external standpoint of disciplinary mechanisms, of power, scientists. I want, and this is of course where Derrida goes banana, orgasm, and he is right critically against. He says that, uh, I want madness itself to speak. Not just how it is, but at the same time, he makes it clear, that's the whole point of his history of madness, that madness, substantial in itself, is not an in itself which is simply then described different way, but that it's, to put it bluntly, madness in its reality is an effect of mechanisms of madness. And you know, that's the whole point of Foucault, History of Madness, you know how so-called madmen, which were prior to modernity, located clearly in the domain of hermeneutics, it was either you were a divine madman, wisdom spoke through you, or maybe you were devil-like witches spoke through you. But the point is that, till modernity, madness was clearly located into hermeneutics. Mad mad men are people through which some higher truth, which can also be very evil, but nonetheless, speaks there. With modernity, it becomes simply like positive science. Something went wrong with the brain, blah blah, we incarcerate them, and so on and so on. So I claim that you find even more this in his later works on power, where, and correct me if I'm right, I'm not sure, but the way I see it is that in... in uh, 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 how is, What's the subtitle of, of History of Sexuality? Is it Voluntar Sorry? Voluntary. No, Will to Knowledge, maybe. Volontades Savoar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Will to Knowledge, yeah. That there, as it were, in both... OK, I'll put it in this way. In both cases, Volume 1 and then all that care of self and so on, uh, 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 volumes 2 and 3 the focus is on the tension or relationship between power and resistance as counter power. But the whole accent of number one of is how power generates resistance to itself and resistance to power is just a means for power to reproduce itself more effectively. You know, and Foucault gives also, apropos sexuality, these examples, which are wonderful. I read some of the texts. You know, early Christian texts which tried to eradicate sin. They were the best sex manuals you can imagine. Because, you know, the typical early 2nd, 3rd century Christian text says, beware, and then they describe, if a girl pretends to be shameful. She said, no, no, but she laughs at you in a way which she apparently rejects you, but this rejection is already an attempt, you know, like, they give you an entire wonderful classification of techniques, so again, here, or he, he, you know, but you go so far as to say, the man to be liberated, that power itself Generates the man to be liberated. So here, the whole accent is of, to use the naive term, omnipotence of power. Resistance is part of power, the circle is closed. Here, at least in this volume, I don't find any space for great, uh, how should I call it, activity of liberation or however we call it. It's simply the game is closed. Resistance is in advance, incorporated, and so on. Then, all of a sudden, okay, all of a sudden, maybe not, in Volume 2 and 3, she is looking at, as it were, islands, spaces of resistance, linear de fuite to use, but I think uh, uh, this is a precise Deleuzean term which shouldn't be used here, and she has all this. Did you notice how here also... Uh, Foucault rehabilitates the notion of subject. Subject as technology of... which is not meant in a bad way. The idea is that through some kind of self-educational self-relating, you can acquire a distance, resist. But here, the accent is strictly on resistance. Like, we can resist, blah, blah. It's no longer this co-optive pessimism. And uh, I find... This is my problem with Judith Butler. You know, she always speaks the language of resistance, basically pessimist, in the sense of the big other of power is here, we can just occupy spaces, resist, blah, blah, all that. But uh, I don't see how she breaks out of this Foucauldian dilemma. But what about if we play the early Foucault against the late Foucault and say, but. How, how is it that now we have resistances which are not just counter power and as such part of... Uh, repro- no, you know which is his big example of this, very nice one. He says that's the big point of history of sexuality, volume one you know That sexuality is not the expression of sex, but as he puts it, sex is an effect, real sex, how we do it of the discourses we have on sexuality. And as he makes it clear there, with these discourses, he means, uh, he means uh, disciplinary, disciplinatory discourses. In other works, it's almost, I would say, a Polinian, St. Paul point about transgression, that every discourse of power generates the very transgression it fights. Okay. The problem for me is how to bring this. This is where I admit I disagree with all this. Uh, uh, how do you call it? Uh, with all this uh, Foucauldian line, I don't like, maybe I'm wrong, the term resistance, because you know resistance has all this marginal marginalist rather. Uh, connotation of, oh the big other is there, we can just play the game, screw it a little bit, twist it, and so on and so on, but basically, you know, we can do a little bit of irony, displacement, performative fun, repetitiveness, but the system is out there. Sorry, go, yeah. no, strike a so bit. Last, last, last one. Um, <coughs> I want to think of
1: politics in relation to about subtractive model. Yeah. Precisely, you, know, you, you wrote, one cannot ever be sure in advance of what appears within the register in the space of visibility of the ruling ideology as a minor measure, which that actually minor measure may set in motion a process that will lead to the radical evental transformation of the whole field. So if we put uh, that sorry, just but friendly, you know that yes. here, you quoted him before, Adrian Johnston. Yeah. He wrote an
0: excellent comradely internal, just mm-hmm. to ameliorate him, critique of Badiou where well, I think he made wonderfully this point of how, yeah. but you just focuses on event and then reactions to the event. Yeah. But that can be this... Uh, by, uh, uh, I think it's, he's not stupid, what he's yeah. saying there, that without, without claiming that we can simply plan an event. Yeah. But there is a whole pre-evental strategy. Yeah. Well, it seems that your interpassive, on, yeah.
1: your interpassive, you know, the Robert Fowler notion of the interpassive yeah. subject is almost commensurate with Baju's pre-evental, you know, atonal world, mm-hmm. uh, still caught within the matrices of the, situ- the ruling mm-hmm. situation. At the same time, I've noticed that there seems to be this move of we must gamble at ruptures within the, the status of the state as such, but in the the portion on ethics at the end of Logics of Worlds, he has this notion where he says um, let me find the actual quote what corrupts a subject is the process of treating as a possible consequence of an event, what is in fact not a consequence, in brief it's a matter of logical arrogance for there's no reason why the intensity of existence should be identical to the totality of the world so it seems that Baju is uh, even more insistent on sort of Playing the subtractive game, and my, my response is simply, where does this lead? Particularly in the West, and I, I honestly think that the rebirth of history seems to fetishize almost this this moment of universality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were o- talking over lunch. Is even though you know Occupy didn't happen when he wrote that text, mm-hmm. is universality opened from Tahrir Square and so on? Would that be something that could be maybe the generic that was picked up by
0: the we are the 99, Zuccari Park, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a very nice question. So let me go. Uh, let me go on here. There is a key theoretical problem for me here, but I will enter it later. And let me tell you that although I all who didn't, we all support the uh, Tahrir Square, Occupy Wall Street, and so on and so on. But I must say, I don't share this. Uh, naive optimism it is the universal event blah 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 and i think it's still open you know i'm ready to do something for which maybe but you would have criticized me as a kind of a almost postmodern relativist i'm claiming that there are things which i'm ready to extend retroactive logic even here and claim something happens and retroactively it can be decided if it is an yeah. event or not. Yeah, well he seems to us like maybe it's a weak
1: singularity yeah, yeah. by putting yeah, it in yeah. relation to 1848 in Europe uh, where it, it <coughs> was some sort of like um cobbled yeah. together yeah. Uh, thing which had no nomination. There's no nomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think perhaps the two positions are commensurate but I think where he gets naive is this notion of the um, breaking of the social bond and the generic that was experienced and so on. Yeah, Yeah. but
0: But you know what is absolutely important? When you said this logical arrogance that everything is the consequence of... uh, The misjudging of what is... Yeah, 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 yeah. If I got it correctly, and from the beginning I have problems here, for me, this was almost the Kantian, soft, and here, in this room, years ago, when he was explaining the notion of forsage, forcing an event, and he used this category precisely apropos Stalinism. For him, forcing an event is to impose the logic of event as immediately the logic of being. And this for him, of course, is, for example, Stalinism. This is already socialist state, is the order of being, and so on and so on. What I don't like is how here in this room, and later he was very careful to cover his traces. <laughs> you know, I noticed how from the transcription of the text, of the text of his speech, that passage disappeared. But KGB, Comrade Stalin, me, we have our black book. You know, that he used the term. This is the totalitarian temptation. This. Mm. logical arrogance, you know. I think there is something totally wrong in saying Stalin, instead of treating communist vision as more an event, even sometimes a land. Really, here I was a little bit mad at him, because I once accused him that this idea, no logical arrogance, don't translate event immediately into the order of being, that this is his Kantian side, you know, that basically what he claims is that an event in its consequences has more, uh, what Kant would have put, regulative use as an idea and that the Stalinist or this totalitarian arrogant mistake is to take what is merely regulative as constitutive, directly structuring reality. And once he publicly attacked me and said, this is totally wrong, I misunderstood it, never, never did I use it. Well, I didn't do it, he's my friend, but I was there, fuck it, the book you mentioned, I think it's in one or two, I think it's uh, uh, Manifest for Philosophy, too. Mm -hmm. He explicitly makes a reference to Kant's regulative idea, (laughs) saying that, you know, the communist idea, and like a regulative idea and so on and so on. So what I'm saying is here I'm more Hegelian. In what sense? Okay, it's to explain horrors of Stalinism, it's too simple to claim almost that Stalin was too fanatically, arrogantly faithful to the communist idea, you know? Like he wanted to impose it too directly, brutally. No, I'm much more naive here. I think the problem is not that Stalin wanted to impose to immediately communist idea as an order of being, but that simply there was something wrong in his communist idea, you know, that the idea itself was not correct. I mean, here I'm very naive. What's the problem it's forcing? If you have a good, true idea, fuck it. For, enforce it, as much as you want, I mean, something I, I cannot quite, I cannot quite uh, 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 gather there. Yeah. No, now, we will have to finish, but we we'll, the last two. Uh, you yeah. owe me kick into the head, and if you have a concluding talk, okay. and if someone, like, join the gang, all of you, if you are. I yeah, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. You... I'm sorry for myself, because I only uh, <laughs> uh, focused on this center-rightists and didn't <laughs> take into account radical left. Please. Yeah. <laughs> well, just coming back to this
3: question, uh, I, I see uh, Occupy Wall Street and then uh, Tahiti Square and the movements that were happening as at the beginning of the course, I called blind Revolutions. Yeah. As more as a point de capiton. Than, than. I really? Report. Yes. In no. what sense? Because, sorry to counteract you immediately, but my problem is that
0: in insofar as we call Juan de Capitón, that master signifier which introduces a new order. What would you say if I tell you, wasn't Juan the Capitón precisely missing? You know, yeah. things were happening, but we don't have one name which would order. Isn't it a little bit like, that's why I like our movie stars. <laughs> I love him, that's why it's so brutal. Example, yesterday, because I like your term, I will use it, and then you know how I will use it. You will get a small uh, uh, remark, no. After I introduce the terms, a friend of mine I noticed after finishing this book, this is how we academics like. Seriously, I love your term, again I forgot, blank... uh, Blanker. Yeah. Didn't he provide a wonderful early example, even the most tragic one? And yesterday evening, I did go, I did Google it, and it's really, it's so tragic. This is maybe even already at the beginning, before October revolution, Mexican revolution. You remember how he described it, and I checked what happened. From the north Pancho Villa, from the south Zapata, they occupied Mexico City. They had power. And you know what happened then? They were debating and talking. For a week or two, they didn't know what to do, and then they said, let's go home. I mean, it's so absurd. You know, and uh, so, again, please go on. Uh, yes, because in my opinion, what happened, I can't
3: speak about Occupy, because I'm not really no. Occupy, but I can speak of what's happening and the Middle Yeah. At least. Well, uh in the sense that uh, you, you just said that they lack a master signifier. Mm. The, 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 the
0: More or less, yeah. or less. No, but master signifier in this strict sense, you know, something that really restructures the whole field and
3: totalizes it. Do you think they have it? I don't think I, so. I think, I think they have it, but they have it in a, uh, back to what we said yesterday, as they uh, they don't know that they know that they have it. That is wonderful. Can you? Can you? Uh, make it more concrete, like... Uh. Yes, because, because what uh, in a way, I think, I believe that what they're calling in the name of, what they're calling themselves, what they're trying to give yeah. as, as a revolution, is not actually what they're standing for as a revolution. And it's not the revolution needed, or the event needed to have mm. this change. And uh, the realization of this will come after they realize, again, like in Mexico, that they can just do anything, they have to go home again then just, uh, uh, if you want, uh, go back again and then uh, sort of ready themselves for the second revolution, which is the true revolution. Yeah, which yeah, will yeah, be, yeah. Uh, As again, at, at one point in your book, I think, uh, don't remember who says this, but then he quote him as saying that uh, the uh, October revolution is just a repetition of the French revolution.
0: No, no, this was their own yes. mythology. Yeah. Lenin perceived it like this, you know, as repetition of, even, you says this, Jacobins and later Paris Commune. Mm-hmm. Lenin always stopped in these terms. So, so, I I think, th- so I think it's in, this, it's in this sense, in my opinion. Yeah, but you know where comes my question? I am a radical leftist, revolution all you want. But uh, now we're coming back to that guy whom I quoted, T.J. Clark, you know, who said these last couple of years were the greatest fiasco, like, rebellions all around, but as he said, they turn out into blank revolutions, no? And so on, and so on. Now, what I'm tempted to say here is that, uh, what if to be truly efficient leftists, we should drop and climb the this? He uses a wonderfully ironic reference to China. He says that even those pro-democratic, anti totalitarian leftists <laughs> They all act as if we should be ready. They expect some big moment when finally, not the Stalinist party, not the social democratic uh, 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 corrupted combat, some, the true working class of ancient will stand up and finally it will be the authentic event. You know, he uses this wonderful phrase of how, referring to China, the be terracotta army proletarian, which is waiting there, will finally get up. And I'm tempted to agree with him. What if, and even uh, Negri and Hart do this. They describe, I had a nice, maybe I repeat my, sorry, I had a nice debate by them, by him, by uh, Negri himself in Berlin, later first public and private, where I asked him a simple question, which is, uh, all his examples of multitude are examples which I claim inherently demand, ask for a very well-functioning state which guarantees law and order, you know. Then they always, uh, it's so mysterious, at the end of the second volume, I think, multitudes, they, hard and negri I quote this in my book, already in an old version, they say, the moment will come where multitude will not be just this marginal resistance, but will take over the entire field. And then they say, now we, of course, we cannot explain how this will happen, because this is a philosophical book. It's, you know, they take a too easy way out. The only reference they give is San Francisco, you know, an escape into religion, like a miracle and so on. What if we have to drop this? What if really we, maybe this event, as the big revolutionary event, is not the right notion of event. You know this metaphysical end of time, there will be a mega revolution and so on. Maybe, maybe events function in a different way, authentic political events. Maybe, And uh, uh, but why do I like this guy? Again, I repeat myself, I know DJ Clark. Because He says, no, this doesn't mean system is powerful, it will go on function. He says, I agree, there will be worse crises, there will be wars, there will be chaos. What he is saying is that there will be, no, there will not be this magic moment where out of this chaos of revolt, force uh, united, organized by a new master signifier, revolutionary agent will emerge. You know, maybe we should change here the field. I don't want to be a a rapist, the lady is here, so maybe we should, how do they call this in English? Call it a day, or at least call it an afternoon, no? And uh, uh, I will, as I promised you, tomorrow and later, just give me some time so that I organize. We'll have time, if nothing else, we are here on Friday 8.30 to go on, no? I'm sorry, so my lady, uh